Digital Marketing Radio, episode 106. Can going to face-to-face events help build your digital authority? DigitalMarketingRadio.com I'm David Bay and this is Digital Marketing Radio, weekly interviews with online marketing gurus. Catch up with all the previous episodes at DigitalMarketingRadio.com The big interview with David Bay So today I'm joined by <laughs> Mike Russell. <laughs> Mike. Oh, you're cracking me up here, David. <laughs> the man with the loudest the clap right in the world. Everyone else had quiet claps, but you, you've got a loud clap. <laughs> Thank you. Well, wow, those those jingles, man. It's it's taking me back to a time before even I think I was born. <laughs> I think those jingles were around before I was born. That's really crazy, isn't before it? Before I was but, born, uh, yeah. I, I love the show. I love the jingles. Thank you very much. Well, Mike is founder of Music Radio Creative, uh, an audio on-demand service based on the Isle of Wight. And he's also putting together a brand new event called New Media Europe to be held in Manchester in September of this year. Uh, So, Mike, um, to build your digital authority fast, do you think that you have to attend face-to-face industry events? Yes, absolutely. I mean, for myself and Isabella, uh, my wife my wife and my partner in the business, uh, it all started with us back in, I would say, 2013 when we attended a conference that uh, perhaps your listeners will be familiar with called New Media Expo, mm. which takes place every year in Las Vegas. And the amount of people we met in the digital space and the internet marketing space, people who are podcasting, blogging, and doing all kinds of things online. Uh, Let me give you one very quick takeaway that we immediately realized after attending this event back in 2013 was we just launched a podcast. And the moment we got back from the conference, suddenly we had all these new reviews on the podcast from other people that we'd met at the conference who had connected with us, who had maybe uh, taken our business card or just thought, well, I'm going to check out that podcast. Podcast, and we just had a ton of feedback that way. So immediately, you're meeting people, you're making strategic alliances uh, in your industry. It might be a digital marketing conference, it might be a new media conference, it could be related to your industry. But I do think it's really powerful. Yes, to answer your question, <laughs> that's incredible. Because um, if you ask someone over email or someone on a blog to actually, um, hopefully, rate your podcast or review your mm-hmm. podcast. You know, a very, very small percentage of people who, who like your show and listen to your show regularly might do that. But if you do it face-to-face, then possibly it's actually um, getting people emotionally involved with um, you as a person a little bit more, and they're more likely to do it then. Exactly, David. Don't you think we have a better connection because we've met in person? No. No, I'm not joking. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, yes, it's worse. It's worse. But yes, uh, for, for anyone watching or listening who doesn't know, I have met David in person at a meetup. And I think something, something happens, some kind of magic happens, doesn't it, when you meet someone face to face, particularly in our industry where we're online, we're using the Google keyword tool or whatever it's called these days to do research online or we're you know we're always delving into analytics or you know trying to do the next big thing but it's always you know behind a a keyboard you know or we're using a a mouse or whatever else and and sometimes you know I'm lucky I have my wife to work with but sometimes you don't see another person in a day unless you you're making Skype calls and even that it doesn't feel like the real thing does it so no absolutely Um, but of course you could go along to lots of other uh, live events You, you you mentioned another one but you've started your own UK podcasters events and now New Media Europe. Um, So what was the main reason behind you wanting to actually start your own event? Well, it's uh, again, it came from seeing what was happening in America. I mean, as I'm sure you're aware and your listeners in the US, you know, this kind of thing is huge, particularly podcasting, which is something that uh, my wife and I are really into. Uh, We have 
tons of podcasts out there at the moment. Um, and we met amazing people in the US who have been doing this, you know, much longer than we have. I mean, my background is in traditional radio, which is why your jingles make me smile every time I hear them. Um, so I've got the radio background and really got into podcasting. You could argue late into the game, started in 2011. Um, but many people from the US have been podcasting since 2004, 2005, when the technology was first around. And we thought when we got back from New Media Expo, this would have been 2014 now. Uh, so a year later, we thought, well, there's, there's not really much going on in the UK. There are a few podcasts here and there. So we thought, well, why don't we just throw a meetup in London? And we did that and about 25 people turned up and uh, we had a great time. And actually, I must say, unlike the American meetups, it went on until four o'clock in the morning right. in a bar. I've, I've no idea why, why a meetup in the UK ended up that way, but it did. And, uh, and we had a fantastic time and there was a great energy there. And we thought, yes, well, let's do some more of this. Uh, and then it went to a conference where we had a, the UK Podcasters Conference in 2014. Uh, and now it's expanding to New Media Europe this year. What I'm wondering is um, what, why the brand shift? Because um, initially you started off with the UK podcasters brand, but then, of course, you moved to New Media Europe, and you're going to be doing New Media Europe um, in September of this year in the UK. So what was the main reason behind the decision to actually shift brands, as it were? So UK Podcasters, that's been our, our home hub and, uh, you know, our group of people that we really love mixing and socialising with. But uh, we realised that there's so much more to the online space than just podcasting. It'd be like going to, um, you know, a conference for traditional media and only seeing radio stations there. You know, you go to like NAB in the US, uh, which, you know, it's got TV, it's got radio, it's got print, it's got the whole lot going on. So, you know, there is a lot more out there to be covering, like blogging, like online videos video, uh, social media in general as well. And there's nothing really that caters for that in Europe. I mean, there are lots of mini and niche conferences. Uh, one of them, one of the biggest, I think, in the UK is, uh, is Brit Mums, Brit Mums Live for uh, British mum bloggers. Uh, we've got, you know, social media events happening everywhere. I mean, even probably in your local town or city, you'll probably find a social media event. I know even here on, on the Isle of Wight, you can go to the Isle of Wight College and, and take a course for £99 on how to be epic on social media. So, I mean, that's happening everywhere isn't it but mm. we thought well there's no real sort of conference hub where people from far and wide on the european continent and those further afield who want to travel over to europe because let's face it it's a fantastic place to come to you know london manchester or anywhere else so why don't we have one kind of hub event for that and you know uk podcasters it was a great experience and I remember speaking to many people at that conference and saying, well, what do you think about sort of, you know, maybe a slight rename there and rather than being UK podcasters and suggesting it's it's just podcasters who are in the UK, what about expanding out? And, you know, people were quite open to that. And I think uh, it's exciting that I know we've got bloggers coming from Spain, we've got podcasters from Sweden, we've got people in Germany uh, and further afield as well, like the US, and even, I think, as far afield as probably our furthest traveller is coming from New Zealand to New Media Europe. So it's it's just to, you know, expand it and make it bigger and to make it a really big event for Europe. So, yeah, that's what we're looking forward to. Not quite as big as Eurovision yet. <laughs> <laughs> Don't put that picture in my head just before I try and think of another question. <laughs> we, we could have voting, you know, it would be great. <laughs> no, I'm certainly looking forward to it. Anyway, I'm, I'm going to be there as well so um i'm um, hopefully yeah. uh, i meet a few people that are listening to digital marketing radio there as well um but you must have faced quite a few challenges when actually trying to to put these events together so what are the obstacles what are the challenges you've faced when organizing your own events and 
perhaps some tips that you can give to people trying to do the same, um, perhaps on a smaller scale, so that they perhaps won't make the same mistakes that you initially did? Definitely. I mean, that's a really good question, David, because, yeah, when Isabella and I started organizing events, we had pretty much no experience in event organization. So, you know, we'd done bits and bobs, but nothing on that scale. So, I mean, we were really going in uh, cold to start with. And actually, we had a great first experience, which I think is what made it great for us. And, you know, made us think, oh, we can we can do this. Um, so it was the Citizen M Hotel in London that we initially used for our very first podcasting meetup. And they were fantastic. And what we were looking for at the time, I think the hardest thing with event organization is just finding that place that can, you know, cover all the bases and do everything you want. And, you know, obviously the price is important and, you know, breaking even is really kind of essential unless you want to be hemorrhaging money on, on these meetups. So, you know, and, and we did, you know, our plan uh, for a long time was to just, you know, break even as much as possible on these meetups. And it still is, you know, if we're, you know, breaking even, you know, the UK podcast conference we we broke even on that so I mean that was a good result um, so I think at first it's about finding somewhere that can accommodate you and meet your expectations so for the hotel that we used for the first place they had meeting rooms we had to pay a room hire charge and we needed to pay for the uh, you know refreshments and beverages and bits like that and we wanted to make sure people had a good experience so you know the ticket price included the drinks it included the food you know everything was done so nobody had to worry and I think looking after people is important to to build that community up and our experience now has well we we've discovered that there are many places that you can you know, get in touch with and they'll say, well, you know, as long as you spend a reasonable amount at, at the bar or on food, then uh, you can have this room. So, mm. you know, do your research. That's the most important thing, really. Okay, so um, that's quite interesting that um, you just focus on breaking even, hopefully making a little bit of money, but but breaking mm. even is good, as you've said. So if that's the case, yes. is, is the main um, goal behind hosting that kind of event to make people aware of your other other brands and services? Absolutely. Well, I think... You know, when when we've been organizing events, we've almost or I've almost been applying my my online marketing knowledge to offline the offline world and hoping it'll work. So, <laughs> um, for instance, yeah, you know, obviously charging a, a ticket price and then, you know, covering refreshments or whatever you can afford to do inside the, the price that you estimate you're going to get. Because, of course, David, that's the other unknown. You don't know how many people are going to turn up. Mm. So that's a, that's another big factor. But I mean, one of the things we've done from the start and we both agreed that would be a good idea would be to charge every time uh you know some meetups we've charged just five quid to attend mm -hmm. uh, some of them have been 25 pounds and obviously you know the, the conference last year was it was a 99 pound ticket this year uh, i think the the full ticket price is three four seven so you know we're working at different price points and seeing what works but i always think that a small financial commitment kind of gives you a guaranteed amount of people to come if you if you start going free then you find that you know not everyone turns up so you, you book with this bar or restaurant or hotel and say yeah we're gonna have 40 people and then five turn up you know because because yeah. it, it's a free meetup so. absolutely um but one thing that um i've thought about doing recently with uh meetups that I'm sure you know works very well in the online world is giving stuff away for free. So, you know, uh, you know this high-value package, you know, it's $97 worth of online marketing content, but it's for you for free as a bonus for this. So we thought maybe we could do something like that with a few of our meetups in the future to promote something. So to, to promote New Media Europe or uh, anything else, we could perhaps give away a limited amount of free tickets to a meetup. 
but then you still face the same challenge of are people going to use those spaces or not so Mm, uh, lots of challenges definitely definitely you've got some great speakers at new media europe and um i've had some great people on digital marketing radio but it's one thing getting people to commit to actually coming on to be interviewed virtually for half an hour and for someone to fly halfway across the world to speak at your event and actually perhaps take days out of their schedule. So what what are the main challenges um, and ways you've gone about accomplishing that? Well, it's interesting. You know, um, <laughs> I've looked at conferences in the past and thought, you know, oh, crikey, you know, that, that looks really straightforward, you know, but it's it's interesting because... We had an experience this year when we opened the call for speakers. Actually, we opened it uh, late in 2014 and we said, okay, so if you're anything to do with blogging, podcasting, online video or social media, get in touch. We want to hear from you. We'd love you to speak at our conference. It's in Manchester in the UK. And we suddenly found a ton of applications coming in on our Google form that we'd set up from people from all over the world. So it was amazing. And we just had to go through all of these different applications and look at the different criteria. So I think actually getting the interest from people to apply and having a a volume of people who are interested in your event, providing you're doing something that is targeted and and that people can see that you're doing something good. So you've got to have a good website. You've got to have, you know, good social media around it. Uh, and all of that, then people will apply. So I think actually getting the applications in the first place is is not so difficult. It's it's filtering to find the good quality people. And I think that's the most important thing. I think if you can get two or three really good quality people on board from the very start, uh, there's no denying that that's going to help you tremendously. For instance, with New Media Europe, uh, it was Cliff Ravenscraft and Chris Ducker that we launched with. So I'm sure your audience will be yes. familiar with those names. And if they're not, they should Google them because they're epic people in the digital marketing space. Um, we're very fortunate because we built up relationships with both of those guys who are, you know, just epic people in the online world and uh, you know we we had the relationship there to work on and say you know guys we're, we're thinking about doing this in the UK in Europe uh, how would you feel about it and we got that commitment from Cliff and Chris right at the very start so we were able to launch and say new media Europe headline speakers keynote speakers Cliff Ravenscraft and Chris Ducker so immediately you know there was a bit of authority there and that helped to attract I think other speakers to take it more seriously, you know, the serious speakers that you want to come over. And then obviously after that, there's the ton of applications from from everyone else all over the place who are also epic people. But, uh, you know, they, there's just so many of them. So, yeah, it's, it's a big challenge there. But, um, yeah, that's kind of the way we went about it. Okay. Well, let's segue into the uh, second section of our discussion. So that focuses more on your thoughts on where digital marketing has been and where it's heading. So starting off with... Software I couldn't live without. So what piece of software... and <laughs> <laughs> Stop giggling away there in the background. <laughs> what software do you currently use in your business that if someone took away from you, it would significantly impact your marketing success? Ah, uh, marketing. Um, well, I would say Adobe Audition. So it's not directly related to marketing, but in a way, if someone took that away, uh, I couldn't do an effective podcast. Uh, and our company, Music Radio Creative, that's our other company you mentioned earlier, uh, mm. David, that produces audio. We couldn't produce audio for people. So it's a, it's a really essential part of our business. Uh, there are other alternatives out there like Audacity and other you know paid software. Uh, I know a lot of podcasters are fans of GarageBand or GarageBand, GarageBand. Um, but I prefer <laughs> Adobe Audition. 
Audition. And really, it's the, it's the software I've used for over a decade now. So without Adobe Audition, I wouldn't be able to produce slick jingles, produce podcasts. And I just think the, the tools they've got in there are fantastic. Uh, for instance, getting your podcast uh, to hit a certain noise level uh, so that your, your listeners aren't deafened or they don't think you're too quiet. All of that, adding compression, EQ. Uh, so I love Adobe Audition and I would recommend Adobe Creative Cloud as well because if you're a digital marketer you probably want to do some graphic design you probably want to publish a Kindle book you can do that inside InDesign Uh, you might want to fiddle about with code so Dreamweaver is there for that so that's my software bundle I couldn't live without Okay, slightly more challenging question what piece of software don't you use but you've heard good things about and you intend to try at some point in the near future? I've heard really good things about Analytics SEO Have you? What wonderful things keep hearing about that. I hear it's a really good tool for uh, search engine optimization. And in fact, that's what I really want. I want to pay for a tool for SEO. But at the moment, I think I've been fortunate, lucky, a little bit skilled, maybe. Maybe that has a little bit to do with it, but mainly fortune and luck uh, to hit some really good keywords in our niche. I mean, um, Music Radio Creative, which has been around since 2004-2005, ranks really well for great keywords. So uh, we're very fortunate there. We get thousands of hits a day from people looking for exactly what we're selling on that site. Um, But something like New Media Europe or or UK Podcasters, I mean, that's still uh, relatively new. It's been around, I guess, a a year and a bit now. So uh, to be honest, I haven't really checked the SEO on that. I don't know if that's advisable from your perspective, David. I've just been writing organically, releasing podcasts, uh, doing actually a tip that you gave at one of our UK podcasters meetups. You said, uh, you know, get the keyword into the title of what you're putting out there and then write naturally. Yeah. And I thought that was a great tip. So that's kind of what I'm doing. But I'd love to take account of, of how we're doing. And I guess something like analytics SEO could really help. So I'm, I'm not doing an advertisement for the company. <laughs> Full disclaimer, I know that you, you, you are there yes, I'm, uh, I'm, marketing. I'm, but Absolutely. For, for, for those who don't know, I'm head of growth at um, Analytics SEO. So um, that's mm. the tool that I use, obviously, because of that. Um, but, you know, um, I, I also um, find it effective as well. But um, the most important thing from an SEO perspective is simply, you know, writing great content and publishing on a platform that is um, nice for search engines to see. So yeah. it's responsive, it's... Um, um, it's, it's easy to crawl and it's quick, quick, quick to load at the same time. Um, it, it is important to assist the direction of search engines and um, you know, have your keyword phrase in there. But um, as you're saying, write naturally. And if, if, if you just try and target search engines, then you're going to come a cropper at some point in the future. Exactly, exactly. And I mean, it's, it's interesting with podcasting in particular. I know this is a, a problem many podcasters have. It's doing the audio is not so much of a problem, but then it's... It is for me today. <laughs> at the end. And we had an interesting uh, pivot because um, you may know a mutual friend of ours, Mark Asquith from Excellence Expected. I do indeed, yes. Um, He's on fantastic his very podcast. first episode of This Week in Organic. Oh, there you go. Brilliant. So uh, Mark has an excellent show note style. And, you know, before we were, we were literally virtually transcribing our podcasts. I mean, mm. uh, we, we have some fantastic virtual assistants. We have a fantastic virtual team we work with around the world. So we've got people in, in the US, in Canada, in the Philippines uh, who work on various elements of the podcast. And we had our, uh, one of our VAs in the Philippines uh, was virtually almost transcribing the podcast, but rewriting it for search engines. It was ridiculous. <laughs> we were coming up with 2,000-word articles. And then we just thought, well, why don't we just, like,
like tidy up that workflow, you know, chop out a few hours from the process and, uh, you know, start doing something more like Mark Asquith, which uh, if you haven't checked out Excellence Expected, Google it and have a look at how he writes show notes. Uh, And we haven't seen that much difference in, you know, traffic or, you know, people coming into the the podcast. So kind of makes me question, well, you know, do we need to do 2000 word essays or, you know, is a 300 word kind of bullet point with some epic quotes from the episode enough? Actually, it's, it's, it's funny um, we're talking about Mark because um, as we're talking um, on the 26th of May 2015, four o'clock in the afternoon, um, my episodes come out once a week, generally at four o'clock in the afternoon in the UK automatically. So my episode today is with Mark Asquith. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> That's really cool. What a coincidence. Absolutely. Um, so you've, you've, got, you've um, mentioned some great tools there. So I'll include um, links to them in the show notes at digitalmarketingradio.com. But let's move on to... I wish I would have. So I'd like to look back on the very first day that you're involved trying to market a business online. What didn't you do so well? What do you wish that you would have done differently? I wish I could have had a a crystal ball in 2004 and seen how uh, mobile responsive, uh, you know, tablet websites would have been the way forward. I I wish I'd have been quicker on that uh, train. But now, you know, with uh, uh, the Genesis framework, which I love for WordPress, I mean, you can make WordPress responsive now with your eyes shut. Even the the default 2015 theme is now responsive. So no excuses. Uh, But yeah, I, I wish I knew more about does that sound strange to say? I wish I knew what was ha- going to happen in the future. Sounds like you know, well, no, a minority well, report or something like that, doesn't it? <laughs> you wish you would have done differently. You wish you wish you'd been able to predict the future. That was that was yeah. a terrible thing for not being able to do. <laughs> that's, that's terrible. <laughs> you know, for instance, like um, I know we had a brief chat about this last time we met, but you know, um, people will be searching in the future for uh, where can I find the best radio jingle? Uh, hey Siri, where can I find the best radio jingle? They won't be typing radio jingles into Google anymore necessarily so uh yeah being a bit more ready for that and i guess um yeah having a so this all comes back to i guess having a strategic uh blogging process in place which i think that's the thing in our business i would admit that we do probably least well i mean we're we're really hot on podcasting and as a result getting blog posts released that accompany the podcast but blogging on its own I'm not a natural blogger and, you know, I find that quite difficult. We've got a nice process just started with New Media Europe now. We've got a blog that goes out every week there, a bit of content marketing to sort of, you know, hopefully get people in reading those articles, discovering our conference. Um, But still with Music Radio Creative, we could be doing more. And I think it's just, yeah, just giving up that control and letting someone take care of that for you and saying, listen, you know, you know what you do when it comes to blogging, do it for us. So, yeah. Blocking, yeah, I think is the key. It's 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 tough because um a few years ago um you, you could do quite a few different pieces of content because the, the the quality probably doesn't need or didn't need to be as high as it does need to be now, um because yeah. uh, people expect um the absolute best now and um they're only going to get the best really if you are actually focusing and interacting on a medium that you really love yourself. So if you love podcasting, mm-hmm. you're probably going to do a better job at it. So probably just focus on that and try and do a great job on that rather than actually get a blog post when you don't really like writing that much totally agree we'll get someone else to do it who does like writing indeed (laughs) indeed well let's move on to the this or that round so this is the quick response round so 10 quick questions and just two rules here try not to think about the answer too much 
and you're only allowed to say the word both on one occasion. So, ready to go? Okay. Go. Okay. <whistles> Email or Twitter? Twitter. Audio or video? Audio. Affiliates or display advertising? Display advertising. Facebook or Google Plus? Facebook. Online press releases or one-on-one relations? One-on-one relations. Paid search or SEO? SEO. Email contact form or telephone number? Email contact form. Website or app? And telephone number, both. (laughs) Um, Website. (laughs) Social subscriber or email subscriber? Uh, Email. And local marketing or global marketing? Global. So it was just, it was contact form. Wipe the sweat off my brow. (laughs) (laughs) Seemed to contact telephone number or like email form, contact form. That was probably the one that you struggled with most. Yeah, I did. And I went back and I said both because I, I, then I got to think about it after I answered. And yeah, definitely. I would obviously have the email contact form as, as the first thing. But I also think having a phone number on there is important to give people confidence and make sure it's a phone that you actually answer. Not one that rings and rings and rings. So, you know, I've had that before. I've seen this really cool website. It's got lovely email form. And then I just call the number and it, it rings off the hook. And I'm like, okay, next website then. Yeah, no, that, that's so. an interesting thing that you said about um, just giving confidence. It's not necessarily expecting phone calls on that number. So yeah. People can give you a phone call, but they're more likely to trust you as a, as a business, as a brand, uh, if you do have totally. yeah, that on there. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. On Music Radio Creative, for instance, we have an email contact form at the top, and it actually says, it says, for the fastest response, use this. And, and it is genuinely the fastest response. You know, we have people who will reply within a couple of hours to you. Um, but then, obviously, we give the phone number, and actually, that routes through Zendesk. So we use Zendesk for our ticketing. So whether it's an email via that form or a phone call, it comes into the same place. The $10,000 question. So if I was to give you $10,000 and you had to spend it over the next few days on a single thing to grow your business, what would you spend it on and how would you measure its success? I'd spend it on remarketing and I'd measure it by uh, a little tracking pixel. Uh-huh. Is that accurate enough for you? Um, do you know which remarketing platform you would use? Or would you would you go directly on a platform like Facebook? Or would you use someone like Adro or Perfect Audience to actually track it on your behalf? Yeah, I've I've heard of um, AdRoll and I, I wasn't aware of Perfect Audience. But um, that's interesting because they kind of do it for you, don't they? So if I did it myself, would I have to choose only one platform like Facebook? Yeah, or I, I I'm actually man- using Perfect yeah. Audience at the moment. Um, and um, the nice thing about that, of course, is that you only just have the one piece of tracking script on your website. So... Mm. You, you can run a campaign to different websites through Google's, Google's network, Twitter, and Facebook without having those multiple mm. scripts. Okay, yeah. I'm a big fan of, of being in control of my remarketing, but I guess that's because I'm a bit geeky and I like to look at every new feature that Facebook or Twitter are releasing. I mean, I think at the moment, Twitter remarketing is huge, and I don't think many people are using it. So I'm deep into Twitter remarketing. Um, but yeah, I mean, for instance... Hootsuite have just released, I believe, a Facebook integration now where they can manage your your Facebook advertising. So they say, well, Facebook make it a bit too difficult, so we make it really easy to find the people you need. Um, And I love those kind of services that make it easy. Um, But I think I would like to spend that $10,000 myself, and I would probably, if I had to choose one place, 
I would most likely go for Facebook. Despite I said I, I really like Twitter, I know Facebook is really where it's at at the moment for remarketing, at least for in my experience, um, because you can do so much with it. And, you know, even when you look at Google remarketing, you know, you can remarket uh, with banner ads. I'm not sure quite how effective banner ads are. It's great for awareness and visibility. But with Facebook, you can really get people in and doing things and back to your site, listening to podcasts, subscribing to your email list, and hopefully eventually buying. What I notice with Facebook, I mean, is it's huge for um, if you've got an event or a promotion coming up, if you set a specific remarketing uh, advertisement up and you really crank the budget up really high and you've got a really specific retargeting audience, like, for instance, Facebook will allow you to retarget website visitors in a certain number of days or even people who've hit a certain page on your website. Um, so when we do meetups, sometimes I'll use a tactic like that and I'll crank the budget up really high for uh, maybe a day or 12 hours and pretty much all the conversions come from Facebook because everyone's on Facebook. So they just say, oh, that meetup... I must go to that meetup, they click it, and then that's a Facebook conversion. And then obviously I'll crank the budget down before, you know, I go bankrupt. (laughs) (laughs) No, but that's interesting that um, you perform best if you are so targeted um, to a specific day, in fact, even a a specific hour slot within that day, rather than actually just um, doing five days a week or um, just a, a large period of time. Yeah, totally, David. Yeah, um, I mean, we did, uh, I'll give you an example, we did a remarketing campaign to attendees of our, so we did one meetup in London at the Citizen M Hotel, that was our first one, and then we retargeted everyone who'd hit that webpage uh, for our, when our next London meetup came along, and we just right, said, special promo, it's going to be at this price for the next 24 hours, and we just did it on Facebook, and pretty much all of the, the initial orders came in through Facebook, so wow. yeah, you can do things like that. My number one takeaway. Well, Mike, you've offered a lot of great advice in a conversation there, but what's the number one takeaway? What's the single most important step that our listeners need to take away and implement in their own businesses? Um, start a podcast like, like yourself. Absolutely. If you haven't got on Google Hangouts, um, get closer to your audience. So make a connection. You started and the, the topic of this episode is all about uh, one-to-one connections and meeting in person and that that magic that happens when you actually meet someone. Uh, so get as close as you can to your audience. And I think, you know, blogging sets up a tone, you know, but podcasting really, it gets that voice so people really get to know, like, and trust you. And if you can do video, I mean, I'd always steered away from video for so long. And even my Adobe Audition tutorials that I have for, for ages, if you watch the initial ones, you'll see that they're just screen flow. There's none of me on it. Yeah. And it was actually Ray Ortega who gave me this tip. He's a, a fantastic audio and video podcaster in the United States. And he just uh, said to me one day, he said, Mike, why don't you just flick on your, your webcam and, uh, you know, have your face up there while you're doing an Adobe tutorial? And, and I did. And, I mean, that was the turning point for me uh, in, you know, connecting with my audience because they were like, oh, that's Mike. Mm, absolutely. <laughs> so, yeah. I, mean, I, I, I think it's almost more than just podcasting now and oh, hence for you as well, um, the, the brand change. Um, I advise people to start their own show as opposed to start their own podcast because yeah. uh, it's about integrating different marketing methods together without it taking any more time in your path as well. Exactly, yeah. Great, okay, Agree. well, that takes us to the end of our discussion today, so thank you so much for your time and your advice. Um, what's the best way for our audience to find out more about you and what you do? 
That's great fun. Well, I advise you to go to uh, newmediaeurope.com. That's newmediaeurope.com and check out the conference we've got going on on the 12th and 13th of September 2015 in Manchester in the UK. If you're familiar with Manchester, it's at the famous Midland Hotel. Um, presidents of the United States have stayed there. The Beatles have stayed there. In fact, I think it was John Lennon that was turned away from the uh, the really posh restaurant there because he didn't have the right clothes on. So, uh, you know, <laughs> but don't worry, they'll let you in if you, you know, provi- providing you have something nice on, I'm sure. So. Interesting fact of the day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, great. Well, thanks again, Mike. Thank you, David. And thank you to your listener for joining us. Um, if you like what you heard, I'd really appreciate your feedback. Just go to digitalmarketingradio.com slash iTunes and please leave an honest rating and review. Um, it'd be absolutely fab to hear from you. And of course, um, it would also help to improve the rankings of the show on iTunes. And finally, I'm also now hosting a brand new show um, called This Week in Organic. So head over to thisweekinorganic.com to find out more. So that's all for now. Until we meet again... Adios.